0: Welcome to the Live Through Jesus podcast with Courtney Gilmore. On this episode, marriage and relationships and what they can teach us about God. Quickly before we get started, if you're new to Live Through Jesus, make sure you go to LiveThroughJesus.com and sign up to receive your free five-week Bible study over Abraham. There you'll also find blog posts that coincide with the teachings on this podcast, and social media links, which is another way to keep in touch throughout the week. Okay, let's get started. Have you ever been in just a really bad relationship? One of those where you know that the other person isn't good for you, and if you stay with them, it's probably going to destroy you but you don't know whether you want to get out. You really love this person, even though you know that they're bad for you. Or maybe you just feel trapped and there's a reason that you can't get out, even though you really want to. Or maybe you figure you're not good enough for anyone else anyway, so this is just what you deserve. Or maybe the good people that are out there aren't going to want to take your baggage, right? And so you stay, even though you're miserable and you know that it's the worst thing for you. Maybe you're in that situation right now, or maybe that was your past and you had the strength to get out and you finally found someone that loves you, someone that is good for you, someone that you know your life can be better with this person. And when you think back on that time, you can't even believe that you were in that situation. And just thinking about staying makes you sick. And you're so relieved that you now are not in that situation. If you've ever been there and now you're out, you are so much more grateful for the new, wonderful, loving relationship than you ever would have been if you wouldn't have been in that horrible one in the first place, right? Well, God says that's what it's like in a relationship with Him. He's the good relationship, the one that you had after the bad one. And if you've ever been in a really bad place without God, you are just so much more appreciative of who He is and what He does for you than you ever could have been without it. In the last episode, we talked about joining ourselves to our spouse and why it's so important to God for us to stay faithful to them. And today is the second part of that episode where we talk about being joined to God. We talked about what it was like to be with our spouses So today we're going to talk about what it's like to be joined to God and what our relationship is like with Him in contrast to what it was before. And then what a union with God can produce. So we're going to get started today by reading Hosea 2, 19 and 20. This is God talking and He says, I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in steadfast love and in mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness, and you shall know the Lord. So when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, then we're joining ourselves to him. He's our husband, and we're his bride. And so marriage here on this earth with a man and a woman is a reflection of our relationship with God. And so when we live out that oneness in our marriage, then we can better understand our relationship with God. And we can also see why it's so important to God that we stay faithful. If the way we act in our marriage is the way that we're going to act in our marriage to God, then we need to be practicing, right? We need to be doing this well here so that we can then do it well with him. And so when we get married, we no longer belong solely to ourselves. We also belong to our spouse and they also belong to us. And it's the same thing with God. When we accept Jesus into our lives, then we no longer belong to ourselves anymore because he paid the price for us. He bought us with his blood. So we now belong to him. We're indebted to him. He rescued us from that horrible relationship that we had before. And now we live forever grateful to him. This is the picture that we're trying to paint. And so this is why we stay faithful to him. Once we accept him, then his spirit comes to dwell in us. And it says that our body is his temple. You know, the church is where God lives. The temple is where God lives. And he says, I no longer live in a building. I live within you. And so if we have him with us, then we are one with him. We can't separate ourselves from him. First Corinthians six fifteen to 20 says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. So flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you? whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought at a price. So glorify God in your body. So this is why it is so important to God for our relationships here on earth to be exclusive and for us to keep ourselves bound only to that person. It's teaching us how to be bound to him. And we want to be bound to him because, again, he's the good relationship. Listen to what it says in Romans 7, 4 through 6. Therefore, my brothers, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit of God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law We're at work in our members to bear fruit to death. That's what we were talking about earlier in our relationship with that person that's leading us only to destruction, right? That's only going to destroy us. But now we've been delivered from the law, been delivered out of that relationship, having died to what we were held by there so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. So he's comparing our relationship to the law, all of those Ten Commandments, to our relationship now where we're set free. So today, as believers in Jesus, we're no longer joined to the law. We're no longer bound to that. Because in that relationship, where we were trying to keep all the rules, I have to do this and I have to do this. Everything that God told me to do. And if I break one of those, then I'm a sinner. And that's only leading me to death, right? In that relationship, we were never good enough. That relationship where you just keep trying and trying and trying and you're doing everything the best you can do and you're never, ever good enough your spouse continues to come home and just beat you down and say, again, you didn't do what I wanted you to do. And you just feel helpless and hopeless. That is what our relationship was like whenever we were bound by the rules of the law. We never could fulfill them and we always were falling short and we always felt condemned. We always felt wrong. We were always doing wrong. And then even if, By some freak chance, we had these list of rules and we were somehow able to follow them. Then it was completely devoid of passion, right? You're just going through the checklist. Oh yeah, I sang my songs to God of praise today. I prayed. I read my Bible. I didn't cheat on my spouse. I didn't kill anybody. I haven't stolen anything from anyone. Been real good to my parents, you know, and you're checking off this list and you're not doing it for the right reasons. You don't love any of it. There's no passion in it. You're not doing it because you care, because you want to. You're doing it because you have to. Because if you don't, then your spouse is going to come home and he's going to say you messed up again. And so all you're doing is just trying to check it off. Make sure. Did I do everything? Have you ever been in a relationship like that? It is horrible to be in a relationship where right before they come home, you're like, did I do everything right? Is everything in its place? Do I have everything done that I need to have done for the day? Does everything look good? Are they going to be happy with this? That is, that's miserable. That's miserable. And so God said, that's what it was like whenever You were in the relationship with the law. You were just trying to make sure that you did everything right so you didn't get in trouble, but you didn't care about any of it. You weren't doing it because you loved the person you were doing it for. You know, that's why it says the letter of the law. It's written down on paper. You don't even care about it. It's not a person. It's a thing. And we don't care about things. We have no emotion towards those words on that paper. And so in that unhealthy union with the law, all we had was struggle and pain and shame and guilt and apathy, right? That's all you feel whenever you're trying to live up and you can't. That relationship with the law, it was leading us nowhere but destruction. It would have completely destroyed us if we would have stayed there. But then we met Jesus and we fell in love. He offered us a way out and we took it. We poured all of our baggage on him and it wasn't too much for him. He didn't run away. He didn't say, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's way too much. I can't handle that. You're going to have to go back to whatever that was because I can't bring this into my place. Instead, he actually said, yeah, I already knew all that was there. Actually, I was thinking about it years ago whenever I was suffering at the hand of people that were supposed to love me. I was thinking about you. And I knew that at some point, you were going to want out of that bad relationship. And if I just endured what I had to endure for that moment, then I could bring you out. And so I've been waiting for this day. I've been waiting for, for you to come and say, I want out. I can't live up to the standards of this relationship. I'm always failing. It's miserable. There's no passion there. All there is is pain and misery, and I want out. I've been waiting on you to tell me that. How wonderful, right? How wonderful it is that Jesus on the cross suffering at the hands of the Jews, the ones that were supposed to love him, the ones that were supposed to be waiting for him. God had been telling them that he was going to send his son for all these years and they'd been waiting for him. And when he came, they didn't recognize him. They didn't want him. And so they killed him. And he suffered at their hands, the ones that were supposed to love him. So he understands how we feel. And he suffered at their hands. And at the time that he was hanging on that cross, he was thinking of us. He was thinking of our sins. He bore our sins. At that time, he had our baggage. He took every single bit of it. All the bad things that we had done, everything that imprisoned us, he took it so that he could rescue us from that. And so... When we come to him and we say, I want out, I'm in a horrible relationship and I want out. He says, come on, I've been waiting. I don't care about your baggage. I already know about it and it's not too much for me. I can completely handle it. I am strong enough to hold all of your burdens and I just need you to come to me. What a wonderful relationship. It talks about this in Hebrews twelve one and 2. It says, Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. He endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. That was us. We're the joy that was before him. We're the joy that he endured it for. And then he took it all to the grave with him. That old relationship that we had with the law is dead and buried. Colossians 2, 12 to 14 says, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. You being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he's taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So what happened to Jesus when he was nailed to the cross? It killed him, right? So he says, all of the the sins that we committed, all of the handwriting against us, all of the things that says, Courtney did this this, and this, and this, and this, and this, all of that nailed to the cross. So Above the person that was being hung on the cross, it listed his sin above it. It said, this is what this person is suffering the consequences for. And so when Jesus died, all of our sins were listed and then hung there over him to say he's dying for these things. And then when he died, they died and they are buried, and they don't ever have to come back. We have a new husband now, one that loves us. Uniting with him brings us peace and joy like we've never felt before. You know, sometimes we have that old relationship, and we know it's bad for us, but we love it. We don't want to give it up, even though we know. Well, here's the thing. When we find Jesus, we really see him and know him, then we love him and we don't ever want to give him up. And we see how bad those other things were for us and we don't want them anymore. And it's so much easier to say, yeah, I don't love you. I do not love you. Now that I have someone that actually loves me, someone that's actually good for me, I definitely am glad I got rid of you. Sometimes we can't see it at the time, right? At the time, it's the best love we've got. But when we find a true love, then that other love, we see it for what it was. And you know what? Unlike when we failed to live up to the standards of the law, when we failed to live up to Jesus' standards, He's kind. He's understanding. He accepts us anyway. He's approachable. What do you feel like with those people that you know they're going to beat you up. The second that you say the wrong thing that you did, they're going to say, of course you did, because you're worthless. Or, I cannot believe you did that again. When are you going to learn? Maybe they're even physically going to beat you up, right? What do you feel like? Do you tell those people the things when you've messed up? Or are you tempted to lie? Are you tempted to hide it, right? Because you don't want to tell those people, you don't want to suffer their consequences. Well, you know what? Jesus already suffered the consequences for the things that we did wrong. So we can come to him and we can say, I messed up. And he's going to be kind and he's going to be loving. And he's going to say, I knew you would because that is like you because you're a person and he expects it of us. And he says, but it's okay, because just like you do with a little kid, you know, you're just a little kid and you're going to get better. You're going to get better at it. So just keep trying. Thank you for telling me. I wish you wouldn't have done it, but we're going to work on it. It's going to get better. He encourages us and he loves us anyway. We never have to worry that God's going to quit loving us because of the bad thing that we've done. And you know what? With him, not only is there no guilt, but he doesn't force us and he doesn't manipulate us. He just makes us want to be a better person. He's not making us be better. and He's not tricking us. We just want to be a better person when we're with him. We're not checking off the list, just doing what we're supposed to with no passion. We actually love him, and we want to make him happy. He's the the one that got us out of the bad relationship. He's done so much for us that we just want to do things for him. Think about the scenario you always see on TV. Hopefully none of y'all are in this real case scenario, but you always see it. Oh, you don't have dinner ready on time. And now he's angry. And so you make sure that you have dinner ready on time, not because you're trying to cook for your husband and you love him and you want him to just come home and have a good meal after a long, hard day, right? It's not for that reason. It's because you're scared of what'll happen if you don't. That's not the relationship with God. We don't have to be afraid of what's going to happen if we don't. And so that frees us to just do it because we love him. He's done so many wonderful things that we just want to do as much for him as we can. We know we're never, ever going to be able to repay him for what he's done, but we still don't want to hurt him. We want to be the best bride we can be because he's the best husband we could ever have. What a wonderful marriage, right? And then one of the purposes of marriage is for us to have children. And so let's look at what we produce by joining ourselves with God. When we join ourselves with our spouses, we produce children. What do we produce whenever we join ourselves with God? And what did we produce before? Galatians 5, 16, all the way to 25 says... But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. You're not joined to it anymore. For the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Wow. (laughs) That was a list. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these, there's no law. And those that belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And so if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And so when we are joined to the law, We don't naturally produce anything. We're just slowly dying. It is all work and no goodness. And in that unhealthy marriage, we're going to be unfaithful because we're not happy. We're going to be angry because we hate the relationship that we're in. We're going to be selfish because we aren't getting what we want. We're not even getting what we need. And so that list of things, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, all of that is unfaithfulness. It says that is what a union with the law produces. And that's because it doesn't actually produce anything. It's just leading you to death. But you're going to be unfaithful. And then enmity, strife, jealousy. We're going to be jealous in a bad marriage. We're going to be insecure. Every time that that person comes to us and tells us you're not good enough, you're going to think, are you going to go find somebody that is then? Is that the way this is going to go? I'm trying, but apparently I'm not good enough. So is there somebody else out there that is? Dissension, division. Yeah. There's going to be division in a union like that. Drunkenness? Sure. Something's got to dull this pain, right? This is the life that we're looking at without God. Pain, misery, never living up, and doing all of those things all the time that are not going to make you happy. But when we join ourselves with God, then he does all the heavy lifting. The burden of following all the laws, the burden is replaced with love. And then that love naturally produces all of those fruits of the spirit. Fruit is produce. And so the love that we share with God, he towards us and us towards him, that love produces joy, not happiness dependent on our circumstances, but complete total joy where, yeah, life may not be great all of the time, but we can say that we're still happy in this relationship because we have him. Peace. The Bible tells us that he gives us peace that doesn't make any sense, that passes all understanding. Peace that you can only have in him. Patience, kindness, goodness. Because he's patient towards us, we can be more patient towards others. He's kind to us. He's good to us. We start to learn his ways. We're faithful because we want to be, because this is a great place to be. We have more self-control. We're gentle. These are things that we produce when we join ourselves with him. Why is that? Because we're uniting with someone that already has all the things that we're striving to be. He is that. So in a human relationship, if you get with someone that has all the characteristics that you don't have, they're really, really patient. Well, then you begin to learn that. As you spend time with them, as you're around that, you start seeing how they handle certain situations and you think, wow, they're really patient. And it just starts to catch on. You may not even realize it. You may not be taking note and being like, oh, I'm going to be better. I want to be like that. I see now how they're doing that and I want to be like that too. It may be like that, but it may be that it just kind of catches Because the more time you spend with that person, then you just kind of start acting like that person. And that's what it's like with God. When we join ourselves to Him, He is everything that we're not. And we just begin to catch it. That's what it means to be one. That oneness that we have with Him him, begins to manifest itself in someone who's made in his image. We start to look like him. The longer we're married, the more that we are identified and wrapped up in him. We can be called by his name, just like I'm now called by my husband's last name. We can be called by his name and it doesn't even feel hypocritical because we look more and more like him every day. We begin to adopt his practices, learn his ways. And then when people say, oh, she's a Christian, you can be like, yeah. Here's our last verse. John fifteen five says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And so... That's why we stay faithful to our spouse because staying faithful to our spouse teaches us to be faithful to him. And when we abide in him, stay in him, he is in us and we produce much fruit. Without him, we can do nothing. Without him, we're heading in the wrong direction and all that is leading to is death. In that situation, there will always be struggle. There will always be pain. There will be fear and all of those other things that we listed. That's all that it can be. But with him, we can produce much good fruit. So I hope that by going through this and thinking about a bad relationship and a good relationship, you're able to see your need for God more. You're able to appreciate who he is and what he's done for you and it makes you want to just be faithful to him join yourself to him be one with him walk with him so that you can produce all of the things that he already has I hope it makes you fall in love with him that's the point so that's all we have for today next week we'll go to the eighth commandment which is do not steal. We'll talk about that. There's a lot more to it than not breaking into somebody's house. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss that episode. If you enjoy this, if this is helping you, if you're growing closer to God through these lessons, please leave me a five-star review. And then comments. I want to know what you think. So Comment wherever you're listening, or you can email me. My email address is found on my website, livethroughjesus.com. There's also going to be a blog post, should be every week, pertaining to these lessons, and they'll focus in on a little part of this. So read the blog post, join the social media so you can see verses throughout the week that also pertain, and then share the blogs with your friends and these episodes, and then I'll see you back next time. Thanks and have a good day.